It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. With the exception of Ravens and Commanders tonight, week two of the preseason is in the books, and we're sharing our top takeaways today on the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to thank you for making Lockdown NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. Joe, happy national uh, Joe and Kyle grind tape for probably the entire afternoon day to you I started i started sunday night i did special yeah. teams sunday night monday morning did, did the offense and we're getting into the defense here later on how's uh how's special teams tape grinding going with the new uh the new policies and procedures across the league um well it's preseason so that means everyone returns every kick right no matter right. what so, right. so we don't know right what the impact of this new fair catch rule is. I've not seen it happen one time yet. Everybody's taking everything. And right I've, I've noticed we're, we're deliberately kicking short too, right? Because you want to evaluate how the guys cover the kick too. Yeah. So yeah. it's probably the most entertaining special teams tape you're ever going to catch. Yeah. Is preseason because the, the coach tells the kickoff kicker, put it at the three and let them run it out. And we're going to go cover it. Yeah. And the special teams coach on the other side says, I don't care where you catch it, run it out. We got to see how everybody blocks and how you do. And everyone that's doing this is trying like hell for a roster spot, right? This is, this is the nitty gritty. You're, you're probably not a lock for a 53, 80% of the time. Well, so a lot I mean, of intensity on those reps too. Kyle, I'm glad you, you brought up this special team stuff because I think one of the biggest storylines coming out of the preseason is the Dolphins kickoff situation. I mean, is it going to be Jason Sanders? Is it going to be Jake Bailey? They're rotating. What's going on here? You know, it, it has not been asked of head coach Mike McDaniel about the, the situation. <laughs> I would doing? imagine a Some... big leg kicker like Jason Sanders, if you don't like your kickoff unit and you don't play that game, and they didn't play that game at all last year because they got sapped a bunch of depth and they, they had guys playing defense that they didn't want, so their special teams guy weren't where he wanted to be. They they generally said, we're going to fair catch every punt and we're going to kick as many kickoffs out of the back of the end zone as we possibly can. Yeah. They're going to have that same strategy this year. I think it'll be Jason Sanders. We'll see. We'll see. I think that's just something I'm really paying a lot of attention to. Right I bet. Now. I bet. Yeah. All right. Well, um, maybe it's an overreaction the Dolphins who's kicking the kickoff but I know that's something that you had heavy on your heart this morning was the opportunity to talk about 
the magnitude of the preseason and the reactions yeah. to the preseason. So, dude, the takes are everywhere right now. Just wild. And we're two weeks into this thing. Thank God there's only one week left. But I don't feel like people are consuming, or I wouldn't say that's fair. I think there's a lot of people that are just missing the mark with how they're reacting to preseason. I saw Panthers fans this weekend say Frank Reich's nothing more than another Matt Rule. And you know what? I said that to you in the pre-show, and you said, based on what? Exactly. (laughs) Two two, two preseason games that you didn't bring bring a specific game plan into. And it's about exposures and opportunities and evaluation. And you're going to sit here and, and feel like a team can or cannot reach its goals based on what you observe in the preseason. So I'm seeing that. Obviously, the Bills fans are in complete shambles over a very sloppy performance against the Steelers. 12 first half penalties. And it's like half. I knew it yeah. was bad, but how impressive is how impressive is that? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> 12 for for in the first half. Now only 13 for the game. You gotta you gotta love the the improvement there oh, in the second good, half. Good, but, good bounce back to adversity there in the second but half. But it's like it's like, <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? You're really going to allow yourself to have this much emotional energy worked up over a preseason game. We've been doing preseason for a long time, folks. We know how it translates to the regular season, and it doesn't. It doesn't. I watched Nathan Peterman be the greatest quarterback in the history of the preseason one year, and then he turns around in his first game and turns the ball over like five times in the first half. All right? It's it's not the end-all, be-all. Take it in proper stride. You're evaluating. You're seeing how guys execute. It doesn't tell you anything about the trajectory of your football team during the regular season. Can I give you a quote from Mike McDaniel? Of, of course, but you have to say it like Mike McDaniel. I I have not perfected the McDaniel. Oh, but you're working on it. Are you working There's, on it? No comment. No that's comment. a that's a firm yes from Kyle. Um, he was asked about uh, the third preseason game coming up as far as evaluating the snap counts for the quarterbacks because you know Mike White. Started the first one, played the whole first half. Skylar Thompson effectively played the entire game after the two drives with the Dolphins started. Three tutties, Skylar Thompson. Three tutties. Preseason gym class hero, Skylar Thompson, dropping big-time performance on the Texans. He's He <laughs> killed in the preseason last year, too. Case in point, boys and girls. Case in point. Mike said this, and I'll read the whole quote, and it was asked about evaluating the offense and evaluating the quarterbacks in the preseason. You have to balance opportunities, and there's so many compounding variables with opportunities. You get playing time, but who are the eligibles you're playing with? Who is on the offensive line? Uh, It's game performance. There's a lot of times I'm calling plays for them and less concerned about the defense, specifically in the preseason, and instead say, hey, we've repped this play. We've talked about it at length. I want to see what he does Mm. types of things. You try and balance stuff like that across the board with every position. This is a example of a coach telling you, I, I don't care what the defense is. I'm not calling yeah. the play for the defense. Which would I'm never happen in regular season. To see if my yeah. player properly diagnoses the situation based on the at rant. It's when you go into Madden and you go to practice mode and you pick a play and then you say the defensive, the computer defensive play is random. And then you just rep it. And you figure out what it works against, and you figure out what it doesn't work against, and you figure out why. That's the whole preseason for every position. That's the point. Hey, you came in with a great insight there. That's a great quote from Coach McDaniel. And man, oh man, do I hope 
the reaction. Well, I mean, I'm interested to see what what teams. Well, are teams going to play guys in week three? You know what I mean? Like, what's going to happen? Are. are they really? Yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah. I wonder if the Bills, based on how sloppy they are, are going to put their starters back out. There I, for a I would bit. have to imagine you'd want a better springboard than that. I would. Yeah, I would. I don't and know. It, I'm I'm glad the Jets have decided to too because could you imagine brand new quarterback, brand new system? I can, and, and I was hope, hopeful action. to see that. I was hopeful to see that. I'm yeah, like, I <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and put him out there. No reps. It was like Trubisky. You remember the year? It was like his rookie season. Matt Nagy said, "You know what? The last thing this guy needs is some live game reps before right. we put him out there for his rookie season." Right. I don't know. I'm not into that, dude. I think that the best way to get ready to play football is to play is football. To play. So yeah, and, yeah, and I, practice and, and live game not is same. one thing, but it's not the same thing. Yeah. Right. So th- th- I think that is an invaluable part of the experience and, and the coach's job right now, you can say whatever you want about players who get banged up or players who get injured. I know DeMarvin Overshone had a really unfortunate mm-hmm. ACL tear as a third round rookie for Dallas as an example of that. But the, the job of the coaches and the football team right now is in all phases to get their team ready to play competitive football. And you can't do that in in my mind. And you could, might disagree with me and say, what the heck do you know? You never got to the NFL. And I'd say, okay, good point. But I'm still entitled to my opinion. You can't get ready to do that without emulating and simulating the game day process and emulating and simulating going out on the field and actually executing and having the clock and getting acclimated to when you're out against another opponent Oh, locating where's the play clock, right? Where do I have to look on the field to find my coaches who are going to give us signals or whatever else? There's all kinds of little layers and nuances into execution at the level that is expected Mm -hmm. of you that you got to go out and you got to do it. Yeah, totally agree. All right, we're going to talk CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, all of our takeaways from week two here in just a moment. But first, this show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way that we do until we talk things through. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule, All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we want to talk rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. Bryce, Bryce Young, Young. Anthony Richardson. CJ Stroud. Richardson did not play. That, I, yeah, I totally meant to say, yes, that was a, a little slip there. Yeah. He didn't play. Yeah, um, you gave me a little yeah, panic sorry. back in yeah. my brain saying, oh, I don't have any Richardson dance. <laughs> Aiden O'Connell, Dorian Thompson, yeah. Randall, these guys are looking really, really good. But 
Um, start with with Bryce Young, the Friday night game yep. uh, against the Giants. I, I came away with a lot of the concerns that I had about Bryce Young as a prospect, right? Um, he definitely shows some nice twitch and movement skills within the pocket, but and I'm actually going to steal a quote here from Chris Trapasso. Uh, he put this in one of his TikTok videos. Chris said, Bryce Young is the most physically limited quarterback to ever go number one overall, right? He just is. And he's a size outlier. And I think he's got okay um, arm strength. And he's very twitchy as an athlete, but he's not like he's not like Lamar Jackson or Michael Vick or something like that. He's got good pocket movement, but not like that. And I thought you saw some of that show up in in this Panthers most recent preseason game. Um, they gave him an extended look, but you know, there was just times where I thought the ball came out heavy from his hand. There were times where he faced a little bit of pressure and he couldn't get enough velocity on the ball. He's playing on his tippy toes, which is something I talked a lot about from watching his tape at Alabama. And when you're on your tippy toes, that means your cleats aren't on the ground, and that really takes away from your base and your ability to generate a lot of torque and, and velocity on the football. And so I, I I mean, obviously there's a lot that needs to play out with Bryce Young, but I think I can look at this performance and say, you know what? A lot of the things that I was concerned about with him showed up and, and limited some of the opportunities that he had against the Giants on Friday night. Okay. So this is where it's important for us to reiterate the context of the preseason, right? Because mm-hmm. if there's any concerned Panthers fans that just listen to what Joe said, and I completely agree with everything that you said. It's and, and when we came out of what the first series that Bryce gave in week one, we were pretty two series. We were complimentary yeah. about the anticipation, got the ball out. Yeah. Your, all this the stuff. Snap processing. Yeah. It can all be true. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's important because we came out and we were fairly complimentary of Bryce and his execution from a pre-snap processing standpoint. But when you, this one kind of encapsulates uh, the things that I think Bryce has to, as he matures as an NFL quarterback, figure out how to minimize, circumvent, work with, and figure out how what he does well can mitigate some of the things that he has to work against that other NFL quarterbacks don't have to work against, right? Because you're, you're absolutely right with everything you said. And I think you saw... What, there were a couple of off-script stuff, a couple of off-script opportunities. I thought the incomplete pass over the middle was probably the best off-script opportunity that he had where he slid away yeah. from pressure and he dropped the arm angle down and he kind of just laced it out there. And he said after the game on that miscommunication, um, when his receiver looked back, Bryce wasn't where he expected him to be, so it took him an extra second to locate the ball, and that's why there was a, mis- a misconnection there on that opportunity. Okay. So I thought that was the good outside of structure version of Bryce. I thought the bad outside structure version of Bryce was the one where we really tried to work and it was a, a offsides, right? Yes. Yeah. That Why not not counting? So yeah. you do all that work, right? It's offsides. It's free play. You do all that work. And he did so much good with that at college that I just think those types of plays are going to be a little bit more infrequent in the NFL. Yeah. And then you do all that work and you still throw the ball out of bounds. <laughs> so, yeah. And he had a, he had a couple shots down the field that I was a little disappointed with the placement on that. He, he 
hit foul balls on effectively. So it's going to be a work in progress. No question. So I, I hope Panthers fans don't listen to that and get upset with that. We're being objective about the, the things that we see with each viewing. And it's obviously super small sample size. He had six pass attempts. Right. And he was pressured a good amount, right? Four of those uh, six pass attempts and eight dropbacks, right? So what he had with Icky. Frank Reich told us today that he's not concerned. Um, okay. But yeah, I think through, through two games, it, it hasn't looked great, right? I yeah. mean, we certainly developed so well down the stretch last year after those first few games. Um, I thought some of it was communication issues and maybe not understanding the protection scheme and where he was supposed to be. Because physically, the one, the one free run was absolutely a miscommunication. Yeah. Right. Um, so I don't know, man. I can't I can't imagine him all of a sudden just undoing all the good of last year. But right now there's some some growing pains as he adjusts to the new scheme. And is it um, is it worth talking about again? that you just referenced it new scheme right and from a player development standpoint is it worth considering icky might have to claw back some of the gains that he made by the end of last season because he's having to relearn some stuff and reapply some stuff this this is always the hardship that teams face at every position with players that they invest in when you make schematic changes and language changes and ideological changes there's a ton of that right i mean in the amount of turnover at coordinators positions throughout the league is very, very significant. And so this is a spot that players find themselves in all the time. And it's hard to play fast when it's not second nature to you, right? You're still learning. It's a second game uh, preseason. So I think we have to apply that to a lot of players here as they, you know, find their way in, in new situations, even if it's the same team. This is why we talk about player development not always necessarily being linear. Right. It's it's unfortunately a lot of times the variables don't have anything to do with that player. It just becomes harder on them because of a of a shift of maybe a player around them that they have or don't have or you know, new coaching, new terminology, all that stuff. You got to play fast in the NFL if you're going to be successful. You want to talk about CJ Stroud? Yeah, I mean, you saw him against Miami. I know you've studied the tape. Um so I, I guess I'll let you let you roll with this one first. So I, ironically, I am still working on the TV copy there. I haven't done the defensive side of the ball yet, but I know with Stroud much more comfortable than what he was against new England. Low bar and, to clear, but yes. right? Yeah. L- very low bar to clear. Um, I think you saw what you saw from CJ was just kind of the natural passing ability. It was, it was I think the thing that, that appealed to you the best. Uh, I would have loved to have seen their opening possession when they were going against like Miami's top guys, not start in the red zone um, because you can't yeah. got the, by the time the dolphins got the, or the, the Texas got the ball the second time, like Raekwon Davis was at, the, like the defensive line was Deshaun hand, Emmanuel Agba, Brandon Peely and Malik Reed. And like, that was by the time you got through that first red zone possession on the, the interception, those were the pass rushers. And what I think that allowed CJ to do is there was a little bit, little bit less of the super urgent clock and things happening mm-hmm. fast. Now I think in the red zone on that opening possession, when you had the turnover on downs, you had a miscommunication on there. You had a bad ball in there. I think things happened really quick. And I don't think that was necessarily a good thing for CJ to start in a congested area of the field against the Dolphins starters. Good exposure for him though. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But it's like, you saw how fast it was for him to start. 
And then, oh, by the way, now we're going to condense the field and your first plays against the actual starters are going to be in a condensed area of the field. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you, you had the nice run that set you down on the one-yard line, but then you had the procedural issue and it backed you up. And then you had two misfires in the red zone. So I think once it became the second rush group for the Dolphins' defensive line, that's when kind of the gifted nature as a passer and having just a little bit of time and not having that super urgent clock really stood out to me for C.J. Stroud. And you saw the third down conversion on the outbreaking route, too. I think it was Robert Woods against Noe Benogany. It was a really, really nice ball. And he had a couple really nice balls. He And his receivers on a couple of them didn't help him either. I thought he had another couple of balls. Noah Brown dropped one. That was a really good ball on a crossing route. So the passing ability for C.J. stood out. Um, I don't know that the concerns about the speed of everything is anything that I would feel overwhelmingly better with, because I think there is a little bit of context in how he settled into the game, but you like how he settled into the game with who they were had on the field. Yeah. I think the word for me is just like you mentioned there to start just more comfortable. And at this point, that's, that's a great thing to say that, Hey, I watched you in your first game and I watched you in your second game and you were a lot more comfortable in your second game. And I think that's a, a, a good path for CJ to be on as he, you know, takes over this football team. Everything's new there. He's new. Um, and uh, looking for more growth, right? Week over week. That's uh, that's encouraging. Yep. All right, we got uh, some more takeaways here coming up after a quick word from FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. So if you think that the New York Jets are going to win the Super Bowl. Pick them to win on FanDuel, and when they win a regular season game, you get bonus bets, and you can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So much fun over there at FanDuel. Free bets, man, are you kidding me? Love that. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Jets? You, you were twisted yes. up on that for the whole ad read, man. You could have you could have picked any other team. I picked the Dolphins the last Jets. time. This time I did the Jets. Yeah. Locked On Bills, I did that read. I picked the Bills for that. For, you know. The Jets. Tomorrow, I, next time I do FanDuel, could be another, we'll find out. You know, keep everyone on their team. How toes. about an NFC team? Nah, NFC is not real, right? Kidding. Fake conference. Kidding. <laughs> Kidding. Um, okay. So opening it up to here. to the rest Everything of to the rest of what we saw here, some some standouts from the games that we watched. I've got I got several players written down, but maybe we just continue with the Texans and talk about Will Anderson and some of the impact that he was able to make uh, in the football game. Yes. So obviously the. The centerpiece play was the forced fumble off the edge. And how many times did you see Will Anderson do that exact thing in Alabama? It's his thing. Right. It's his thing. Um, so what I I did is I went and I found the play. 
for Miami, what the what the play was supposed to be. And it was not what you got. It's supposed to be 16 stutter is the protection, the pass pro uh, for a play action fake. Either the tight end lined up on the wrong side of the ball or he was supposed to motion and then come back post-snap. So you had a a procedural issue in the, the beginning of the play. Then you had a high snap that prevented the ball ride to come out on time. You had a puller. The left guard was pulling and is supposed to kick out the man on line of scrimmage. Well, there's penetration from the defensive lineman on the other side of the ball next inside of Will Anderson. So the puller can't get there because there's another body in the way. And then Will Anderson is an explosive athletic freak. Yep. So it's a really, really toxic mix of things for the Dolphins offense where the elite physical component of Will Anderson was exactly what took over on that play. And it was an awesome play. Now, he also had a number of really good rushes in that game, too. Just explosiveness, speed to power, converting, collapsing the edge of the pocket. It was all good for, for Will, from what I saw. Yeah, I saw some of that last week against the Patriots as well. Uh, Kyle, a defensive player that stood out to me in the biggest imaginable way is Nick Herbig from the Pittsburgh Steelers. This guy is a friggin' monster, dude. Uh, I was a pretty big fan of him coming out. He fell to the fourth round, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And he just looks like he's going to be that next guy for Pittsburgh, right? They they developed Alex Highsmith, and I feel like now they got this dude. And, I mean, burst, crazy flexibility, finishing speed, pass rush arsenal. I mean, this guy was everywhere. He was an absolute menace for the Bills' offensive line. And I feel like Pittsburgh just got themselves a great next guy in this uh, this mold that they continue to find here on the edge. So as somebody who didn't catch that game, I know Buffalo fell into a hole early, right? It was 14 nothing early. Mm-hmm. How did what like what was the game script for that to happen? Um they well, they had two explosive touchdowns. One was a Jalen Warren 62-yard touchdown I know that was on the talking point. Yeah, that was a uh hell of a run. Um was CM Alu great climb to the second level to seal off Tyrell Dotson. The center, I think it was Cole on that play, uh, reach blocked Puna Ford and sprung him. So great run by Jalen Warren, good blocking up front. And then Kenny Pickett threw a seed to Pat Fryermuth down the middle of the field, Matt Milano in coverage. And Milano um, you know, has his back to the football, and Kenny Pickett just throws it to where Fryermuth has a little bit of leverage to the left while Milano's got his back turned. It's an absolute seed. So they, they had a couple of explosive plays. Uh, to get them up 14 to nothing. And, you know, the Bills kept on committing penalties to take away some of their good explosive offensive plays and uh, was a pretty, pretty yucky first half. But, I mean, when you look at Pitt- Pittsburgh, has got to feel great about themselves right now right. with the way that Kenny Pickett played, Pat Fryermuth, Jalen Warren. Their O-line was really good. The Bills could not affect uh, any of the quarterbacks that Pittsburgh put out there. And then defensively, what you got from Nick Herbig, who was just an absolute animal out there. And then Joey Porter Jr. gets an interception. It was like, man, if you are a Steelers fan, you are loving life right now. And I the totally best get day it. ever, right? Oh man, are you kidding me? You saw all the all the things you wanted to see. You got a chance to see uh, against Buffalo at your home stadium. So I'm sure I'm sure Pittsburgh's feeling pretty good right now. They should. What are the, what are the names? Did you have? I know, or did you want to expand on Jalen Warren? I know that. No, that was- I, I. What is your take on him? A thousand yards from scrimmage, man. And I think I bet against you on that, dude. He's. 
I don't know. Every time I watch the Steelers, I feel like he's their best running back. But I saw a stat on on Twitter, and I don't know how to attribute. No, I saw it too. I saw it too. What's that? The EPA stat comparing? No, that's not it. Go ahead. Uh, How long was the Jalen Warren touchdown run? Sixty-two yards. Do you know how long Najee Harris's career long run is through his first two seasons? I don't. I have no idea. Any guesses? I'll, I'll say a number out there. Okay, I'm guessing it's pretty low. I'll say 28 yards. 22. Okay. I remember that being a thing with Marshawn Lynch when the Bills drafted him. It was like, oh, he just doesn't have any 20 yard runs. I'm not putting them in the same spear, <laughs> but I don't know. I listen. I I hear you. I hear you. I Jalen Warren, whenever stat. he touches I, the it, football, he's really uh, good. Pittsburgh does not have has not had a good offensive line the last two years, so I'm not killing Najee, but I do think Jalen Warren brings a different element to, and it's interesting. Like you hear about, especially the Alabama guys, right? Like replicating the environment. You know, you think about Tua Tungvaloa and, and all the speed merchants and what that wide receiver room was like, well, like Najee's kind of inclusive in that too. And if you're going to maximize him, it's almost a player. You have to tailor a lot of your supporting cast and offensive line to his strengths as a player. And that hasn't really been the case. Now I think it's the best it's ever been. But that gets back into that debate about the investment in a running back and what you would advocate yeah. for and what you would not advocate. Like it, it's just really interesting because Najee is a first round running back who yep. at Alabama really didn't break out at first, had a late breakout there because he was bottlenecked behind a couple guys. And it was a very uh specific offense that they played in when they all shined together in like 2019. There's too many Jalen Warrens and Isaiah Pacheco's out there for me to be interested in Najee Harris in the first round. I'm sorry. I just, that's the way, that's the world I live in. I didn't want to go there, but yeah, I I will. I will. Um, I also watched this uh, Lions Jaguars game and Jack Campbell stud. Okay. It wasn't hard. I, if you I, watch this tape at Iowa and you're aware of his physical traits, you're not surprised. But he people plays thought linebacker. I was crazy. He plays linebacker. <laughs> what? People thought I was crazy for thinking the Bills should take him at 27. He, what do you go, 18? 18 like is going to be one of the top candidates for defensive player of the year if he stays healthy, or defensive uh, rookie of the year if he stays healthy. And our guy, James Houston, once again, showing up, making plays um, so far. Because this guy's pass rush productivity is off the charts. So far in two preseason games, he's rushed the passer 29 times, has eight pressures and a sack. I mean, That's my guy. My guy, I love him. Never overreacted the preseason unless it's confirming your priors, right? Well, I mean, James Houston had 47 sacks in, in 20 pass rush snaps last I year. Understand. So, you know, we got, we're just parlaying it, man. This is who he is. He's did a guy. See, did you see any uh, San Francisco? Zero. Did you, so you didn't see any Trey Lance? No, I didn't watch any of that. And it's, it's just. I saw some of the, the social media reaction. It's not saying not very good. So he let a touchdown drive late. Um, but I know JT O'Sullivan has, has put out a couple clips already. And you're just concerned about the, the field, the way he's seeing the field. Um, they had a sit route over top of the ball for, as an example, that there's a linebacker in the backside B who's flat footed and reading and the sit route comes at five yards and sits down directly over top of the center, and he throws it. And the linebacker never left 
being stacked in the backside B at four yards. So it's mm-hmm. just like you're right there. Um, and I know I was, Sam Darnold sounded like he had some success. I only caught about half of his reps. I didn't see his full performance, but it's just that that San Francisco team is really, really fascinating because of that storyline that's going to continue to unfold. And, and Kyle Shanahan has kind of put his flag in the ground for Brock Purdy. But if there's interruptions and look historically for San Francisco with, Oh, they're going to play several quarterbacks. They're going to play several quarterbacks. I don't think this is just going to go away. He's had, he's had a 16 game starter quarterback or like full season starter. Now that we play 17 games, which is still dumb to me. I'm sorry. Um, Matt Ryan, like the like only twice. one ever. Well, it was Matt Ryan in Atlanta, but in San Francisco, it's happened like once, and it was the year they went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy. It's like the only time he's been healthy the entire season. Wild. So, uh, Jordan Love, real quick. How about that guy? Looking good. Looking good. Arrow I think up. The, I think the Packers are going to be okay. Okay, might win them that division. Well, and that's I, I think they'll I, the the closer we get, the more we see. I think that's a team with a winning record this year. All right. So probably pr- based off the playoff field, I mean that that might be a playoff team. Yeah, winning record might get you into the NFC. Could be a race to the nine wins. As we have the ticker down here scrolling across the bottom with our predictions from July that had the Giants in at eight and nine. <laughs> so, yeah, it it probably would. I think nine nines the race to nine it probably gets you in. That is going to do it for us on this episode of Locked On NFL Scouting. I'm Kyle Krabs. He is Joe Marino. We are on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We appreciate you guys for checking out the show. Make it a great rest of your Monday, and we'll be back again tomorrow to talk more about this preseason action as we get ready for the start of the 2023 season. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.